0: Welcome to the Productivity Podcast. This is the first in a series of three podcasts with our friends at WorkJam, and we are joined today by Tim Wheeler. So if you cast your mind back to the podcast that we did with Tim in September of 2020 called Reimagine Communication, Tim introduces us to WorkJam and and all that he's done. Welcome back, Tim. How are you?
1: Thanks, uh, Simon. Pleasure to be here. I'm I'm very well, or let's say as well as one can be in this world of uh, crazy lockdowns and so on. Yeah, absolutely. Strange,
0: strange times, and I, I'm sure it will uh, it will continue. Unfortunately, to be for for some while longer. But uh, as long as people are well and safe, I think it's all for the all for the greater good. Absolutely. So this is the first of a series of three. Today we're going to touch on task management, and then in uh, number two, I think we're going to touch on customer experience, and number three on operations. So in the last pod team, you gave us a an overview of work Jam, what you guys do. For those that don't remember, your Vice President of Sales in MIA. Uh, give us the kind of 30 second uh, overview of Work Jam for those that didn't listen to the previous pod.
1: Okay, um, I'll talk about the central issue that we solve, which is that uh, a, a frontline employee or someone who's not sitting in front of a laptop and an email system all day, every day uh, struggles to engage with their employer. So there are many different uh, systems, IT systems they need to talk to, many different reasons to communicate, different things to communicate. We bring all of that into one platform to make it very easy for an organisation to communicate in many different ways with their workforce and hence be maximally efficient and with a maximally engaged and happy workforce.
0: Brilliant. Okay, so that, that sets the scene for more detail. As I say, if people refer back to that podcast we did in September 2020 called Reimagining Communication. Now, you guys are using a really neat um, strap line called Workforce Orchestration. So, Talk to me a bit more about that because that, that for me, gives the kind of connotation of the conductor with the one who's making everything work and bringing it all together. Is that the kind of vibe you're trying to get from that strap line?
1: Yeah, I I think that's not a bad analogy, actually, and it it works on a couple of levels. I mean, one is uh, you need, as an employer, to orchestrate all of the different engagements that you want your employee to have with yourself. That's, you know, they engage with the HR function at times, they engage with marketing functions at times, they certainly engage with operations and their store manager, uh, maybe maybe data and reporting, going to different parts of the organisation. So actually orchestrating all of those different things that you need from your workforce um, is one level of looking at that orchestration. But I think the main level actually is... Uh, having a workforce that are not constrained by their IT systems so that you can go, what actually do we want our workforce doing during the day to give maximum efficiency and maximum customer service and maximum benefit to both us as an organization and our customers? And that's the real orchestration. And it moves away from the idea of Uh, siloed applications or siloed functions, which really constrain how your workforce will be working, and moves to that idea of just make sure that they're doing what you want them to do at the time they want them to do it, you know, serving the customers when they need to be served, doing the different tasks when they need to be done, um, unconstrained by their IT system. Um, So, yeah, orchestrating uh, the workforce works on a number of different levels. Yeah,
0: yeah, I love the love the strap line and some of the things that it it makes you think about in your mind. And I know we touched on it in the previous podcast, but just for reference, so this this is about bringing it all together in one framework, isn't it? So we the change once and then within your application, adding different tiles or different parts of it. So the employee is not faced with a choice of five, six, seven different apps that all look different, that all have a different user experience, that all need a different login. It's about consolidation. It's about making it easy from the front end, easy from the back end to drive that employee experience, whether it be related to tasks, whether it be related to payroll, whether it be related to checking a schedule, whatever it might be
1: that That is right um, i 'll say one thing though, which is that actually, underneath the surface in your i t ecosystem there 's often a lot of change going on, and actually, what we 're seeing in the marketplace right now is is people in response to the turmoil that we 've been through and the new world that 's emerging are looking at digital transformation programs where they 're going to be changing different subsystems. In their ecosystem uh, over the next one, two, three years. Um, so actually, it doesn't need to be a, you know a big bang thing that's done now and remains static. One of the main benefits, actually, is if you give a consistent user interface, give a consistent platform that all the different pieces can plug into. Actually, you make that coming digital transformation much easier to manage with your staff. Because what they see is they see the the work jam uh, platform, whether it's showing them you know their schedule, whether it's giving them some com- communications, whether it's giving some training, um, and actually these these different pieces can change underneath without affecting the frontline workforce. And I think digital transformation. I know that's not the topic of this uh, talk, but it's certainly highly related. Um, Organisations are going to struggle with managing multiple elements of change in the coming years and actually having that consistent platform can make sure that as much of that as possible is actually transparent to the frontline worker.
0: And I I assume part of your kind of cause and your journey is minimising that impact on employees in terms of that whole transformation piece
1: and maximising their experience? Yeah, that's right. And and what we find with our customers um, is that when you look at all of the different things uh, that a frontline worker does, and all the different systems that are in place to support them, you can kind of choose what is the biggest. Uh, hassle for us at the moment or the biggest opportunity to make positive change that's out there. Focus on that first, get the benefits, and then actually you can bring in other elements of change or other pieces uh, into the platform as we go. So what we see with our customers is um, there's always a starting point uh, on the journey it's always different customer to customer. You know, different customers have different needs, um, but they're very quickly seeing that the benefits of this uh, United application that's really easy to use, that gets adopted very readily, means that they really want to bring in new elements as quickly as they can. And that's why uh, the orchestration is such an important thing because actually you get uh, a, a virtuous circle When you, when you do this, you know, you're orchestrating, um, let's say at the beginning, uh, how your schedule works and how you're sharing shifts and this kind of thing. And then you bring in, um, tasks and you're actually combining uh, how you execute in store with who you schedule and when and why. Very much related. Then you bring in training. So that, uh, you know, when you observe that different stores are actually executing at different levels of quality, you can give targeted training to the particular store or stores that are struggling for some reason. So, you know, you bring in training and you can, you can, you can add elements that really give um, a positive journey where you start with great ROI, but you keep getting better over time. Yeah, no, I love that. And uh, and
0: this, the kind of crux of this one was around task management. So talk to me about how task management works in in WorkJam. It, it tends to be in the workforce management world one of the newer elements for most of the vendors, if I'm honest, in their portfolio. But I think more and more in a in a COVID. In a post-COVID world, whatever that looks like, compliance of tasks around certainly health and safety, cleaning uh, and colleague welfare will be absolutely paramount. So just, just talk to me a bit about the, the task management element of, of WorkJam and some of the benefits that people are seeing and the things that you're driving through it.
1: Yeah, well, um, effectively, you know, whether you're a store, whether you're a, a petrol outlet, we have customers like um, Shell. Whether you're a restaurant um, opening up in the in the post lockdown world, um, there are many different things that you need to execute, and you need your staff to execute from the very mundane to you know a very quick uh, cleaning procedure, maybe to something that looks far more like a program. So you know, if you have a big revamp of your stores and you have um, promotional structures and changes and things that you need to happen in the store. That can look much more like a, a multi-person, multi-location program that you need to execute. So one thing that the last year and, and the pandemic has shown is how important it is to be able to execute Consistently, and this was really brought to the fore when when we had the first lockdown. Um, you know, we went into lockdown. Uh, we had to, at some moment, come out of lockdown. So both of those facts um, introduce a need to execute a series of steps. You need to execute them consistent, consistently. Consistently. And you need to execute them in an auditable way, whether it's for your own measurements and KPIs or whether it's actually for you know government or some regulatory body or some future need to show that you've done the right thing. So the, the pandemic showed everyone how important consistent execution is. And I think where people are at the moment is they're realising that whilst it was really highlighted uh, by what happened in 2020, looking forward... All of those drivers are still there. We still want to execute consistently across an organisation. And I mentioned Shell um, because they're actually a great example, a global organisation, many countries, um, franchise model, okay, which adds a wrinkle. Um, But you think if you're Shell, we want consistent execution. We want a, a consistent experience From all of our customers, we we don't care what country they're in, what franchise, you know, ownership structure they happen to be under. We want to make sure the values of our brand and the quality of our brand is delivered wherever we are. How do you do that if you can't drive execution? consistently in an easy-to-use way, regardless of where the staff happen to be. So consistent execution, and, you know, that's one example, but it's the same for, you know, any retailer. If you have multiple uh, stores in in a country or multiple restaurants um, in different cities, you still want to make sure that your brand promise is delivered, and that requires consistent execution. And how do you do it in a world where, you know, staff turnover has always been there? But you know, new people coming on, people coming back from uh, time off with the the lockdowns. There's there's a churn um, in in staff as well, where you need a way that's really easy to adopt that presents to your people in a very easy way. Here's what you want to do. Here's how we want you to do it. And the end result is efficient execution, high quality execution, and everyone needs that right now.
0: No, no, I agree. And, and do you think some organisations, even some really big multinational ones, were caught short at the start of the pandemic in realising that they had no way of actually communicating to all frontline workers or deathless workers in a consistent manner or in
1: any manner? I I think so. Um, but I think what a lot of people have observed is that is that last year kind of accelerated things that were happening anyway. So, uh, you know, when the pandemic hit, some uh, companies that weren't really set up to deal with this kind of thing really went through a, a very fast progression. So they started with, let's just get messaging in place. So if our employees are at home, uh, they're not in front of their email system. If they had one, if they're a typical retail worker, they probably aren't even on an email system. So let's get something in place where we can deliver messages Let's put something in place where we can deliver uh, something more than a message. So, uh, you know, we had customers of ours who would have a C-level briefing once a week, some of them once a day, actually, um, where they say, here's the latest on what's going on with the pan- pandemic. Um, here's what we want you to know in a quick 60-second uh, video that comes to your mobile device. Um, then people wanted to bring, uh, people back when the lockdown ended. So that's scheduling. That's letting people know we're opening up again. There are some procedures for opening up. Uh, here's how we're going to schedule you communicating that information. And obviously executing the task was absolutely key to that particular step and that sequence is something that I think many customers had started. Many were quite a long way through that journey and some just hadn't started it. So what the pandemic year did was really accelerated what we think was going on anyway. Because you're right that task management historically wasn't as highly adopted as some other solutions that are out there. But I think customers, even pre-pandemic, were realising that they were missing something here. You know, it, it's not enough uh, to send out an email to a store saying, hey, here's a promotion that we're doing. You actually want to make sure with much more vigor that what's going on is what you actually want to go on and you measure the results and you measure how long things took and your survey, you know, what did you find um, about what you've just executed and you learn as an organization. So I think I think a realization was there but what we've seen as a a massive acceleration um, of a trend that I think had already started.
0: So touching on some of that kind of ROI return on investment from task management, if we, if we think about retail generally, the holy grail in retail is compliance. So how do I get my chain of 200 stores to implement this promotional end to this standard with this, um, Point of sale on, and these these prize tickets laid out in this way consistently. How do I know essentially it, it's done to the right level, or what are the issues that are getting in the way of not being able to do it, and how do they rectify? So I assume that it, that helps almost take that forward in a massive um, massive steps, almost like quantum quantum leaps forward by surfacing all that data through work jam but being able to point out any outliers or issues to the relevant team centrally you know shelves didn't arrive or the the price change wasn't done centrally all those things that will get drip fed back i assume you can surface a lot easier
1: that that's absolutely right and and the level of visibility and detail is actually completely different to what people are used to. I mean, taking that example of, of executing a new promotion, say, um, you know, what might have been an email or a couple of emails to a store manager, here's what we want you to do, um, because that's captured and communicated not just to the store manager but also to the individuals um, that need to uh, execute as a part of this program, um, you can actually see through the process What's being done? You know, have we received uh, the banners and the you know the promotional materials that we're going to be putting up? Yes, we have. Okay, have we started um, putting it in place? How long did it take overnight uh, to get this stuff there? So we can work through um, the different steps with visibility of the steps as they occur. But then we can do things like, for some steps, um, ask that we give some sort of uh more detailed feedback on what that is it might be a survey we might just say there's a four um four question survey we'd like you to fill out at this moment so we learn something about what you've done it might be let's take a walk through video you know, let's just walk through the, the, the store and show the promotional um, thing that we've just put in place. And having that video let's uh, head office go, okay, that one's perfect. Okay, actually, um, there's something that we wanted there that's not quite right. Let's adjust what we've, uh, what we've seen um, so you get a real feedback loop. But like I say, the feedback loop can even go after the execution of a particular program. It's highly related to the training function. You know, you can really identify we got um, great efficiency from a certain set of stores, we got some problems at some different ones, and the remedial action, whether it be a a training course, whether it be um, something else, can be targeted at the people and the stores and the areas that need them rather than some sort of general, we didn't quite get the efficiency that we wanted, uh, let's cause everyone to have to act, even if actually they were very good at what you asked them to do. So, visibility is absolutely there. Shell's, uh, you know, a good example. Um, they had to introduce uh, new safety processes, cleaning processes, just with their pumps. You know, the pandemic hits, everyone's touching the same um, pumps. So, the frequency with which they needed to act, um, what they actually did, a new diligence and a new thoroughness. Um, when you can execute that and you can know that you've done it, it means that your own staff get a confidence about what's going on, that you're looking after them, that you're safe, that you're effective. But the customers really have that same feeling. And so executing these kind of tasks really goes to maximizing your relationship with the customer. Because when customers have confidence, when customers know that you're doing the right things and you're going to have more footfall in the store, ultimately more sales and more revenue.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because I cast my mind back to when I was a store manager in there, uh, in DIY stores, what, what feels like yesterday but unfortunately is many many moons ago now and and that promotion example just thinking through the steps that we used to go through so the brief had land had we received it no one knew then royal mail would deliver the um brown box with all the promotional headers and shelf talkers in sometimes i'd get it sometimes somebody would put it somewhere and there'd be a debate if it did it ever land then the stock Mm -hmm. would come in then We'd maybe need a new shelf, but they'd sent the wrong shelf bracket. So there's loads of points of failure in there Yeah. that as operators, we'd kind of work around, but actually from a consistent and compliant point of view, it probably wasn't consistent across the estate and was compliant to a degree, but the degree was how we locally fixed all the issues. Now, at some point I might have moaned to my regional manager or somebody who visited my office saying, oh, well, whenever Royal Mail deliver the, the point of sale, they just leave it by the front desk and it gets lost with everything else. Yeah. Um. So I can see some other benefits within that this specific example we're talking about of you know being able to surface poor supply, poor um delivery from suppliers. So whether that be your point of sale supplier, your shelving supplier, your stock supplier, because it lands in different ways. But commercially there must be a massive benefit knowing or that everybody has that promotion on at the right date at the right time. Therefore, customers are getting advantage of the discount because clearly it's a promotion and it's saying, you know, while stocks last or 50% off, whatever it might be. If you've got stores drip feeding that across the week, so it should be on on a Wednesday, but, you know, I'll do it on a a Thursday. You'll do it on a Friday because you're a bit late. Somebody else will do it on a Saturday because they forgot. Commercially, you're not taking advantage of that offer to the customers. As a customer you're not getting the advantage of the offer. So there's lots of other side tangible benefits aside from the obvious bits you see store-wise, head office-wise that must come into play as
1: well absolutely right and And you've given a couple of very good examples of a really good feedback loop that you want to have in place. So with the example um, of maybe the difficult thing to execute from your past, if the feedback loop is a conversation with you know someone up the chain to say, "Oh, you know what? this was quite difficult, It's not as concrete as it could be, and so you know head office or the people who are sending down um, these programs to execute, they might may not even know that it was difficult to execute. Because, you know, with the, they, they really want to do the right thing. So having concrete feedback to say these are the things that were difficult, these were the problems that we had, these were the suppliers that were a problem for us, then they can go and address. And that means next time you get an improved version uh, of the same thing, which is really important. But I think the other feedback loop uh, that you identified is when you have the granular detail, you can actually relate your execution to what's going on in customer world, which is what matters, right? So, you know, if you don't know what was executed and when and at what level of quality, if you get some anomalies in there, you know, for, for this store, the promotion really didn't deliver very much was that because you didn't execute it well or was that because there's some phenomenon going on in the market that you really want to understand and react to? If you don't have this information, you just don't know. The same, you know, if there are a couple of stores who've absolutely gone gangbusters, is that because they did something different in the execution of this promotion? If so, what was that? What can we learn as an organisation to make sure that next time everyone performs in that that outstanding way? So having the information lets you understand what's going on in your organisation and outside and lets you react to it and be better next time. So really important um, with that feedback loop. But I'll, I'll mention another thing as well, which is some feedback loops are important in a different way because they may be regulatory, they may be legal. So more than just, you know, the, the perception of being safe and doing the right thing, there are some instances where actually there's a legal requirement. And another of our customers, um, Starbucks, in one of their countries, uh, Australia, as it happened, um, used task execution, task management in a really interesting way. They had some regulations where when you're scheduling uh, your staff with changeable schedules, you actually have an obligation to sit with them once a month and review the schedule. This is this is a thing that you have to do, compliance with the law down there. So how do you make sure that's happening? Again, you can send a note or make a call to a store manager and say, hey, it's really important that you do this. But how can you actually show that? Well, if you have a task management system, um, then you can know that the conversation's been had. There might be a survey where feedback is, is taken. And you can say, look... Of course, we're compliant with this, and here's the really strong trail to show that we're compliant. So, you know, compliance has, has many different levels and many different reasons. And of course, you know, the pandemic has a, a whole set of compliance issues um, that are new for everybody, but there are, there are compliance issues that are completely unrelated. And again, being able to execute, yes, efficiently, but yes, with visibility is, I think, more important going forward than it ever has been.
0: Yeah, and I I think this is where it's gone beyond. Historically, I think if you talk to people about task management, it's like okay, Big Brother checklist. You know, are people just going to sit and tick the tick the boxes to to think that head office is done? And it's much more than that. And yeah, certainly that whole compliant piece where things now can be you know if the company's done all they can but the individual's not done it it becomes almost a personal lawsuit or litigation not against the company so as a a leader of a location you've also got to make sure that personally you're delivering the compliance because you know as if company x has done all they can with communication training but you've not delivered it then it becomes your individual problem not not the organization so yeah it, it's really interesting that whole for me health and safety angle moving forward you mentioned the kind of uh the shell example of more cleaning of the the petrol station pumps and stuff you, you can see massive benefits in that you can you can also see in as people maybe work less in head offices that kind of fragmented way of working more from home or a couple of days in the office a couple of days in store a couple of days at home where i expect to be a pattern as well moving forward how you Keep that consistency across people becomes even more and more pivotal. Uh, let alone all the stuff we've just been through.
1: Uh, absolutely right. Absolutely right. Um, and, and I think that trend is there. So having a means of communicating uh, that's easy. To be remote so something that people can run on their own devices it used to be kind of optional i remember you know five years ago maybe more now now there'd be discussions around whether you put some sort of mobile enablement uh on the apps it's not a question anymore you have to mobile enable your workforce but that creates a new problem is do you want the the seven different parts of your it uh, ecosystem? Causing someone to need to look at an individual application, switch applications, not know when to switch applications, not know why, not know the, the, the new look and feel um, of the different uh, different applications. So bringing that together in one platform and driving all of these pieces together in a uniform way, orchestrating them, is really where the world's heading.
0: No, no, I I agree. And we've seen it even more so speed up, haven't we, in the last 12 months or so. So let, let's let pause there for episode one of this series of three. So I think we've done a good job on task management. We're going to chat again in episode two around customer experience. So I'll catch you then. Thanks, Tim. Look forward to it. Thanks, Simon.